You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. Good afternoon. Welcome back after the break. It's the um, it's it's the feast of Bikurim actually. So we are very close to agriculture in the Mishnah, even though the rabbis, you know, in Galut have translated this into a feast of Talmud Torah. Originally, it was a feast of Bikurim. So we've been thinking about agriculture in the Mishnah, and when we were we're in the eighth chapter of Shavit, and we're asking what we can do with seventh year produce. You know, can we use, for example, food for making a dressing for wounds? Can we use human foods for animals? And the text says, that the seventh year produce is for you, but it's for food. And we explored trading and barter. We treat seventh year produce differently when we sell it in the market. When we carry out a real transaction, money which is obtained for seventh year produce, which someone pays for seventh year produce, actually acquires seventh year status. So we can only use that money for food or maybe for drink or anointing, and we learn we can maybe use it for smells. Again, the text says for you, for food. And we're going to pick up in the eighth chapter with we're circling around these ideas, and we'll see that we'll do a little bit of a dance with some. Uh, one Mishnah which deals again with how you treat seventh year produce and treating it differently. And then we'll circle right back into the center of barter and trade and what you can do with the money. And we're focusing in, as with the rest of the whole of this chapter, we're focusing in on what we can do, maybe what we can do we do differently, what we can use it for, and we need to remember the text, that's where we're at. So let's pick up, let's pick up the Mishnah now. Let's pick up the text. And remember, we had this puzzling, puzzling Mishnah. We closed at the end of last week that we don't pay seventh year money to a water carrier or a bath attendant, a barber or a sailor. We couldn't understand the connection between these different... Um, trades, particularly the sailor. Uh, my wife pointed out over Shavuot, but perhaps they are all linked by water. Perhaps these are all linked by water. Not sure. And the Mishnah is going to go on. We'll, we'll do a little bit of a segue, but we'll come back to the subject of what we can use money for in a sec. But the first of all, the, the Mishnah is going to go a segue into how we treat seventh year produce when we're harvesting it. And this Mishnah, by the way, is incomprehensible. And the commentators disagree, the commentators disagree as to what it means. And you'll see, by the way, in the translation in the source sheet, I'm giving you two translations because we really don't know. We know what those are. Figs of the sabbatical year. Ein kotsin otambamukze. We don't mm, kotsin. We don't kotsin otambamukze. Now, 
cuts leek it might mean to cut so some people say that you don't cut it with a knife called a muktse the rambam actually says you don't spread them out to dry on a threshing on a on a drying floor called a muktse when you get your figs by the way you want to keep them so we we we're going to keep our figs so we're going to dry them we're not only going to cut them off the tree, but we're going to dry them and we're going to then press them into some sort of cakes. And both the Mishnah and the town would talk an awful lot about cakes of figs. It's as if, I mean, that was, I guess that was the equivalent of sort of stored bags of sugar or chocolate in those days. You couldn't carry compressed food around with you, but you could carry cakes of figs. So we don't really know what this Mishnah means, but it's something to do with not using normal implements and you can see that we go on in the same vein we don't press grapes in a wine press a gut is a regular kind of wine press we can tread them in a kneading trough and again olives we ain't seen zaytin but bud we don't we don't prepare olives in an olive press or in a, a koteva koteva is a sort of big grinder but we can crush them, bring them into a small, we can, we, we cross them, crush them, and we, we kotesh, we can crush them, and we can bring them into something called a, into a bodida, which seems to be a small sort of olive press. And Rabbi Shimon disagrees. He says you can even crush them in a large one and then bring them into a small one. And the technicalities are probably not that relevant to us today, but the principle is that we've got seventh year produce, We've taken it, it's Hefke, we've taken it out of the fields and we're going to respect its sanctity by not treating it in a regular industrial fashion. So that's Mishnah 6 and now we're going to, and we're going to carry on this theme going through the Mishnah. We're not going to yarak shall shall truma. We're not going to cook should we eat vegetables in oil of truma lest they in case they become pasul in that case you'd have to destroy them and of course remember the 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 seventh year produce is you have to eat it you don't want to put it into a situation where you might have to destroy it what 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 are what's going to be destroyed well maybe if the oil is pasul it makes because it's been um maybe if the oil is pasul because trimmer oil can easily become unclean then you will invalidate the um the vegetables or maybe there's something in the vegetables that invalidates the oil so i mean it might go either way but we're not going to mix we're not going to take the risk essentially of mixing the seventh year vegetables with oil of truma, which itself is susceptible to uncleanness. And then the Mishnah closes with, and you can see the structure, right? The structure of this chapter is, is interesting because we're going to now go back to trading. We're going to bring a principle of trading. Acharon, acharon, nit pas, bashvi'id. The last thing exchanged is always subject to sabbatical law 
and the produce itself remains forbidden. What's the last thing? Well, I, the Mishnah is talking about a chain of barter. So we're, we're abandoning this whole discussion. We're abandoning this whole discussion about what can be, um, how we use sabbatical produce. And we're going back to the concept of barter. And the Mishnah is saying that if you, maybe you sold, um, uh, maybe you collected some sabbatical figs and you sold them for olives and you sold olives for money and then you exchange the money for um, uh, I don't know for figs again the the last thing in the chain is the one that holds the the seventh year holiness and the first thing in the chain retains its holiness so if you started off with figs and you've sold it away right so someone else is now holding those figs you start with figs, they hold their seventh year sanctity. And whatever you end up with throughout this last chain retains its seventh year sanctity. So actually, if you trade in seventh year produce, essentially you double the amount of stuff that is subject to seventh year restrictions. That's really the principle in this Mishnah. And then the Mishnah goes on to talk more about barter and about sale and going back to the principle well it can only be for eating right so you can't buy slaves or land or a, an unclean beast with seventh year money because you can't eat those things you can't eat the slave or the unclean or the unclean beast or the land. you can't eat that stuff and you have to exchange seventh year money for stuff you can eat or at a pinch stuff you can anoint or smell so what do you do if somebody did <laughs> if somebody did take seventh year produce and buy a slave with it well what do you do and it's interesting, the Mishnah seems to understand that money is fungible. Money is fungible. If I've got a £5 note, I can, a $5 bill, sorry. If I have a $5 bill, I can exchange it for, a, I don't know, a, a slave. But that $5 bill is really just like any other $5 bill in principle. So what do you do? So what do you do? You've exchanged this $5 bill for a slave. What do you do? You eat their equivalent. So what are you supposed to do? Well, you take another $5 bill and you actually go out and you buy food with it. You do with it what you were supposed to do in the beginning. You go out and you buy food and you eat. And the same principle. If you have to bring a bird offering of someone who's had an omission or a woman after childbirth, you need to bring a bird offering. It can be two, two turtle doves. You can't buy the offering with seventh year produce. But if you do, you eat the equivalent. Yeah, you take the money and eat the equivalent. And similarly, you can't smear vessels. You might want, why would you want to smear vessels? Probably to make them waterproof, I would think. You can't smear. We've all done that, actually, with earthenware to make it a bit more waterproof. We just put oil around the inside or the outside. We can't smear vessels with oil of seventh year produce again because we're, we're improving the vessel, but we're not eating the oil. It's a bit like turning the grain into a poultice, right? We're turning it into a something, but we're not eating it. So we, we don't smear vessels with oil of seventh year produce because we're not eating it. 
if we do, what are we going to do? Well, we're going to go out with the same amount of money. We're going to eat the equivalent. If he did anoint it, this is one of the few um, crimes that you can get out of by eating. So it's really an extraordinary idea. And but anyway, that is the <laughs> those are the three Mishnayot we're going to deal with today. And then tomorrow we're going to finish off the eighth chapter and uh, look at some more issues about trade and purpose and, and usage. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.